What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Brian Lisher is a branding, digital marketing and design expert. He is the founder and CEO of Ignite a branding company that specializes in brand strategy, identity, and storytelling. His work has been published in major publications such as Forbes, Huffington Post, and Brand Quarterly. He was listed as the number one branding expert to look for in 2017 by Inc. Brian talks about his struggles and how he made a huge change in his life to rediscover his passion on this episode of What Got You There. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm a huge fan of Audible and definitely recommend checking it out. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted the cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Brian, welcome to What Got You There. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, out there in sunny San Diego, so I know things are probably going well for you there. So before we dive into who you are and what you do, how do you start your day? That's a great question. I've actually been working on my morning routine for the past few months now, and it's just something that I've found to be so critical to how I experience the day. So um, I also I struggle with um, dedicating adequate time to exercise. I do a lot of surfing after work, um, but it's just I'm not a morning person, so I stay up really late working. I'm typically wait, working until 2 or 3 a.m., I get a lot of stuff done late at night. And so waking up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and taking a run around the block or going to the gym or even going surfing is just really not an option because I wouldn't be getting enough sleep. So I've had to develop a morning routine that's so simple, quick and easy that it's uh, I would probably feel guilty if I didn't do it. Uh, so I start off the morning by a short meditation. I do a guided meditation typically uh, for five minutes. And then I do a little bit of stretching. And then I do a couple rounds of Tabatas where I'm just intense um, exercise, whether it's uh, squats or push-ups or planks, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. I go through several rounds of that. And then I take a cold shower and I have a tankless water heater, so it's really easy just to turn off the hot water and um, 
you know, cuts down my shower time to about five minutes and all of these things. It's really just about getting in the right mindset with meditation. I oftentimes wake up with a lot of anxiety because it's just, there's so much on my plate and it just hits me really hard in the morning. So it's, it helps with that transition from sleeping to waking. And then um, the intense exercise gets my heart rate up. It starts circulating the blood and same with the cold shower. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much my morning routine. And then I I'll do a, um, some sort of shake or, um, coffee and then I get going and I could, I could get out of the house in, in 30 minutes if I needed to and, uh, start the day off. Right. Oh, it's so funny. So I ask this question every single time and I'm sure my listeners think I'm only having these people on that do similar morning routines, but I mean, there are so many other guests we've had on that have a similar routine. Maybe it's earlier in the day or they change up the type of workout they're doing, but very similar things. I'm really curious too about the creatives that I've interviewed and their late night routines. So what does your late night routine really look like? I know you mentioned you get a ton of work done uh, in those hours. What are you doing? Yeah, sure. So I think we can even step back and kind of look at the entire day. So after yeah, after that morning routine, I spend, I really try to carve out, I actually have blocked it out on my calendar. I'm, I'm not perfect, but uh, blocking out 9am to 10am to do company planning. So that's where I'm working on my business, not in my business. Another little hack that I've found is just sleeping with my phone on airplane mode. So that way I have control when that stream of information starts to come in. And I, I think that's probably where my, the most of my anxiety comes from is actually turning on my phone for the first time in the morning and taking a look at emails. And once that hits me, whether it's positive or negative, or if there's a mini crisis going on a couple hours into my day, everything levels out, but it's just, it's really that anxiety around you know, opening that email for the first time. So sleeping you and with- I are the exact same way with that. The <laughs> second airplane mode comes off and it's starting to load. I'm terrified of what's coming on that phone. So it's yep. too funny. Yeah. And I've turned off uh, notifications for my email on my phone as well. So that way I could turn airplane mode off and then um, I could do the guided meditation or use my phone without seeing all those emails coming through. And then I do my morning routine and then I do that hour of working on the business. And, um, then it's 10 o'clock and I start my meetings and, you know, I structure my day differently based on every week. Um, let's just call that the work. So I'll work from 10 AM until 6 PM right now. And then I've been going surfing a lot, sneak in a quick surfing session. It's nice in the summer because it stays out, uh, stays light out later. I get a good hour, hour and a half of surfing in. I come back, I eat dinner, and then that's really where I start that night shift. So uh, that could be anywhere around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And that's, that's right now I'm using that time mostly to catch up on emails. And that's just something that I can't keep up with during the day. It's not the best use of my time. It's something that I have to do. And... I've just found that doing it at night is nice because there are no more emails coming in, the rest of the world starting to sleep, and I could be pretty fried <laughs> uh, energetically <laughs> and still respond to emails and, and be effective in that. So I'd much rather do that later at night than in the morning when, when I'm fresh. So that's kind of where I could uh, 
you know, if I had some balance in the day, whatever I didn't get done, I know that I have a few more hours to do that later at night. And if there's nothing else to catch up on, then I typically, I might write blog posts, um, work on our marketing, uh, more of the creative activities as well. It's, I, my mind is just the reason why I don't wake up early is because I stay up late and at night I just, I feel energized. So especially after exercising, going surfing, it's, I could feel completely fried at the end of a long, stressful day. I go surfing, it's cleansing. Um, I get exercise, I'm out in nature, just letting all that anxiety and the stress uh, sink back into the ocean. I do some uh, visualization of that, and then I eat dinner, I come back, and I'm ready to go. What's your visualization practice look like? Is that only you're doing it with surfing? Typically, it, it is. It's something that I just uh, visualize myself grounding into the earth with some sort of grounding cord and just um, you know, using Mother Nature as an opportunity to just release any of that um, you know, toxic energy, the stress, the anxiety, and just knowing that the universe will have um, know what to do with it. And so it just gives me an opportunity to release. So I, I have tried to visualize um, within uh, this, you know, the sales process. I'll visualize winning a deal, what it's going to be like signing the contract, what it's going to be, be like um, ex- uh, the experience of me letting my team know that we just won this big deal and planning for the kickoff meeting, maybe even completing the project. So there's other ways that I'll visualize that as well. Awesome. Well, I know we've given the listeners a little preview of what you did in the intro, but say you go to a party, someone walks up to you, asks who you are and what you do. How do you answer that question? <laughs> That's a great question. There's there's many different facets to that. So um, I identify with being an entrepreneur. That's, that's a slightly new identification. Uh, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've done consulting on the side and freelance work my entire career. But starting Ignite was my first full-blown venture that I uh, founded a company, and, and now I'm building the company. And I don't have any partners. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my primary venture right now. I'm also getting involved with side projects, um, investment opportunities. So really just getting into that entrepreneurial uh, mindset and, and way of being. And it's, it's something that, I mean, there's no turning back. Uh, that that's for sure. So it's it's a good fit. Um, professionally, outside of being an entrepreneur, so more of the craft of what I do within branding is a brand strategist or even a brand psychologist is something that I play around with quite a bit. Um, and then outside of work, it's 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 the action sports. It's the surfing. It's the snowboarding. Um, I got into mountaineering a couple years ago. I've been doing some climbs, um, rock climbing, stuff like that. Any any high <laughs> high risk, um, you know, high activity uh, sports I'm into. Well, I mean, I appreciate how humble you are, but you were listed as the number one branding expert to look for in 2017 by Inc. Magazine. I mean, you do some unbelievable work, and then. You mentioned all these other things you do, the entrepreneurial side of things, and it's it's pretty cool and fascinating to watch your progression, and I want to let my listeners know about that progression. So take us through the journey. You're, you're at UCSD. What transpires next? Sure. So 
I studied psychology and communication at UC San Diego. And when I started college, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist, either a clinical psychologist or a research psychologist. So I've always been fascinated um, by the way that people think and the way they make meaning. And so that led me into the field of psychology. Um, somewhere along the way, a couple years into that journey, I realized that um, it's really not a career path or calling for me that would be very limiting and that my talents are much more suited for the business world. So I started to explore different um, other, other majors and minors that I could uh, study at UCSD. And so I picked up communication. And I think that combination between psychology and communication without knowing it was really laying the foundation for what my career would become. So um, by no surprise, I, I fell into the uh, field of marketing and, and advertising. And this was the early 2000s that I got started. And my first professional job in that industry was working for a agency in San Diego that was doing search engine optimization and digital advertising. That really was back in 2003, as much like the wild west of online marketing, digital marketing. And it was an exciting time and just really cut my teeth and learned the fundamentals of marketing strategy and execution. And uh, really that just was the foundation for my career. So um, after that, I, I had you know several different jobs. I worked in-house marketing. I worked at other agencies, and that led me up until the um, 2010, 2011. I was working at one of the largest digital marketing agencies in San Diego as a full-service agency, working with really large brands: Honeywell, HP, American Red Cross, um, Sybase. Uh, Cisco, a lot of those big tech companies, and um, I was doing uh, strategy and, and business development for the agency, and it started off as really one of my best professional experiences, had a lot of autonomy, creative freedom, uh, it was just a really fun and exciting culture, and then the recession finally caught up to the agency, and there's a lot of downsizing, and I was able to survive multiple rounds of layoffs, but eventually my time came. At that time, I was actually really miserable in where I had found myself in life. So I set these goals of what type of lifestyle I wanted to live, what type of uh, company that I wanted to work for, where I wanted to be at in my career, how much money I wanted to make. And I, and I met all those goals and I was living it and I was just miserable. Something wasn't right. So I was looking for a way out. So when the CEO actually sat me down and uh, let me know the news that um, I was being laid off, it was more of a relief than anything. And I got a nice severance out of the deal. So it really um, allowed me to buy some time. Was it the job itself that was making you so miserable or were the things outside of work? It was all of the above. So um, along the way, I just really lost sense of who I was. And um, I wasn't living an authentic life. And that, um, 
I think it happens with, with just about everyone. And we could tie this back to brands and, and branding, um, in a little bit. Um, but, um, at Ignite, we we view brands as people, so I think it's um, I think it's important to to uh, compare um, the journeys that we go through as as people in life and the same journeys that companies and their brands go through. So, yeah, along the way, I, I just made certain decisions, and I might have been um, living parts of my life for someone else. You know, I was trying to impress my parents by being in a certain type of job, or I thought, I, you know, I was creating a certain image of the lifestyle that I was living. I was in uh, certain types of relationships based on that image that I was trying to uh, portray. And al- along the way, it just got messy. And I found myself living a life that that wasn't right for me. So part of it was a job. I just, I never fit in into any role. There are a lot of things that I do well, and that's what suits me uh, suits me well for being a entrepreneur. So I could do sales, I could do strategy, I could do marketing. Um, I'm an expert of, in many things, and so being an entrepreneur, that's a strength. That's what's allowed me to bootstrap my business and get it off the ground with no money, and and continue to build it and overcome all those challenges and, and obstacles. But working for someone else that that type of person, that personality, and that skill set, I didn't fit into any box. So it was always a challenge. It was always a struggle. I think that my employers saw it as an opportunity. The ones that hired me, they, you know, they would hire me, um, and then I'd get into their culture, into the organization, and then they didn't quite know what to do with me. So there was never a fit there, and um, I was just. I was getting a little bored with marketing, with promoting uh, these brands and these companies. And I was actually found myself much more interested in uh, fixing the brands than uh, promoting them. So that that's another thing that ultimately led to uh, branding. And we could talk a little bit more about the differences between branding and marketing. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's all the above. It was my role. It was uh, working for other people versus being an entrepreneur. It was the lifestyle I was living, the relationships I was in. And it's not like there was any one major decision that got me there. It was a lot of little micro decisions. A lot of them were unconscious that I was making ever since I was a teenager. So it just finally added up and I needed to have a hard reset. So when you're having that hard reset, what does that look like? You're taking time off from work. Uh, you have that settlement. What's, what's going on during that time? Yeah, sure. So uh, first thing that I did is I, I realized that my lifestyle was pretty expensive and that I couldn't maintain that for very long on the severance that I that I got from my last company and whatever savings that I had. So I had to make that decision very quickly to um, you know, get rid of the loft that I was uh, living in, in in downtown San Diego. I, um, you know, eventually got rid of my car. I sold most of my, you know, furniture, uh, just pretty much sold or gave away all of the, um, material, uh, possessions in my life. And that was a very cathartic process. I was, I was at the stage, I think that could be really hard for some people, including myself at a different time, but I was at that stage where 
it just wasn't working for me anymore. And I knew that the only way to get out of it was to just completely let go. So I um, got rid of all my stuff. I moved back in with my parents at 31 years old. Um, and I mean, to be honest, it, it really wasn't that hard because I was, I was at a place that was unbearable. And um, it, while it was a leap of faith, it, um, it was an exciting time. And so I went out to Utah for a few months. I traveled around, I visited friends, and I actually rented out an apartment in Salt Lake City. And the connection to Salt Lake City is that is where I grew up skiing. So I didn't live in Salt Lake City, but um, you know, every year my, my family, ever since I was three years old, would go out to a, a resort in Salt Lake City called Snowbird. And so I always had this dream of spending a season up there. And so I wound up renting out an apartment. The cost of living is a fraction of, <laughs> in Salt Lake City of what it costs to live in San Diego and um, just packed up my car and moved out there and bought a season's pass to my favorite mountain and snowboarded every day. And that was the space that I needed. Um, it's not like I was really working on anything. I wasn't thinking about work. I actually was toying around with the idea of not going back to any sort of uh, quote-unquote corporate um, type of work. I was thinking about becoming a snowboard instructor and <laughs> just living in the mountains and living a simple life. I was over it. And I, I had hit rock bottom, if you will. And, um, you know, eventually I ran out of money. I started getting bored. And then reality started to set back in that, no, being a snowboard instructor is not my path. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have to, the pendulum had to swing. Uh, completely the other way. My family, friends, um, especially my family, was freaking out. You know, they thought I was throwing my career away. I I just laughed at them every time. You know, I think I got a call once from a family member's concern that I was going to have a gap in my resume, and I, I just started <laughs> cracking up. <laughs> like, do you think that like matters? <laughs> so, yeah, and I and I came back, and that's that's. Um, from that journey and uh, with no money and I was living with my parents and I was 31 years old and I, you know, that phase was over. That was about 10 months into it. And I said, all right, now I got to do something. Um, and that's when I, I started consulting and I knew that at that point I couldn't go back and work for anyone else. So I was going to try to do it on my own. And I found a company a yoga studio actually that was looking for some help with social media strategy and uh, signed off on a contract with them. It was like $1,200 or something for a handful of hours and super excited. Um, it was the beginning of something new. And uh, during that initial kickoff meeting, I started asking them questions about their brand and their audience. They had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I put together this PowerPoint that I still have to this day. It's kind of funny looking back at it. And it was essentially, um, I put together a process of, of, you know, basically a branding process. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I wasn't really consciously thinking about it, but I essentially built what has become our process for rebranding. 
and just uh, step by step um, started to rebrand their company. I was meeting, they asked me, what's the first step? I said, we need to do research. So I was meeting with uh, yoga practitioners and their uh, teachers and their um, management at a coffee shop in San Diego. And I was doing the interviews myself. It was just me. <laughs> and then um, after that, they said, what's next? I said, well, we need to do some strategy and positioning. And so I was doing workshops with them and just, you know, it's one of those things where I was just, I didn't even really know what I was proposing because I had never done it before, but I was just following my intuition, uh, putting together a proposal. They'd sign off on it. I thought, oh, wow. Okay. And then I'd figure it out. Was this really exciting during this time or was it scary? Oh, it was very exciting. Um, the only scary part was, am I going to be able to find another company that's crazy enough to work with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that's, that's really been, I think, one, um, I never really worried about money before. I became an entrepreneur and that's, that's actually been, you know, in some ways it's, it's been a strength because I, I have a, a much better relationship with money than I ever had before and been able to save it and leverage it. And at the same time, it's also been a little bit of a limitation because there's times where I've had a lot of cash um, in my business that I could have used to grow it. But because I was worried about, um, you know, cash flow that I would just hold on to it. And that's actually something a lot of companies do even really large um, public companies. Um, they're just holding on to cash because they don't, it's the uncertainty, whether it's the economy or, you know, in my case as a first time entrepreneur, just, um, deal flow, my own, my own, uh, you know, confidence in my capabilities. Uh, there's all sorts of things that I was just starting to hoard cash and that's not the worst, <laughs> uh, trust could be worse problems the worst. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's definitely, you know, at times slowed my growth. So, Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Are you looking to finish the latest thriller, such as The Girl on the Train, while you're at the gym or in the car? Well, now you can. For listeners of What Got You There podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check this out. Head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there to choose from over 180,000 titles to select the book you want to hear next. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. 
Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So it seems like you constantly are almost reinventing yourself or, or learning. I mean, do you just not have fear and you just kind of dive into something and say, hey, I'll figure it out as I go? Yeah, definitely. It's um, outside of um, outside of running out of money. I don't think that I have um, you know too many fears. It's it's I I do get excited. Um, I get excited. There, there's something so exciting to me about selling something that I don't know how to do, hmm. and then getting a client to sign off on it and then figuring out how to do it. And it's, again, it's one of those things that served me well, getting me to where I'm at today, but it's not necessarily always the best move moving forward. Cause what I've found along the way and tying back to authenticity for brands and my own brand with ignite the branding agency is that what that could lead to is me going after deals that, Maybe I'm just excited because it's a way to try to sell something that we haven't done. But then before we know it, we're doing things that aren't really true to who we are or what we're best at. And we might, this is something that we help our company or our clients with all the time. And it's, it's, it's something that often is one of the number one causes to a brand being misaligned is chasing after revenue just because it's revenue. And, um, you know, diluting your brand. Yeah. You were mentioning that when you were going along the journey with the yoga studio and trying to stay authentic to the brand. And I think there's some disconnect almost in so many companies in in terms of what they're going after. And then they sit down with someone like yourself and, and you're trying to talk about getting research and storytelling. How do you walk those brands through that process when they're so stuck in the stone stone age and and they're unwilling to spend money for things like research or or storytelling. How do you do that? By not working with the ones that are stuck there. (laughs) I mean, you're so successful. You're in a position where you're able to make that call Uh, along the journey of ignite. Were you faced with positions like that where you almost had to take the business or did you never sell out for that? Yeah, there's, there's been a, there's been a couple. I think that those, those situations are becoming less common because we do have enough deal flow that we could be picky. But those situations really fall into two camps. And the first one is that someone didn't want to do research or they didn't want to do in-depth strategy. And then I talk them into doing it because I'm good at selling it. And then they sign off on it. And two things happen. Either they've overextended their budget to be able to do this and then the entire project, and then after the project, there's some sort of, um, you know, regret around, um, you know, spending so much money on the project, or it might not have anything to do with money, and it's just they don't, you know, companies that just like myself, I spent so much time going inward and doing introspection. We're helping companies do that too. Our purpose is to help companies discover their authenticity. And so that's an inward journey. And we do that in part through research and strategy and positioning. And the leadership within the company and their in their culture, they 
they're either truth seekers or they're not. And so when you sell a project like that to a company and to its leadership that don't want to know the truth, I've done that a few times, then the, the entire process, it just explodes. And, um, and so I, I've just, I've found that if a company, there are some cases where we might do a light rebranding project. We would call it a brand refresh without doing any research. Um, maybe, uh, updating the identity, doing a new website. We do a few of those projects, but the projects that we do best, uh, the ones that we get most excited on are include in-depth research and strategy. And so it's about finding companies that want to know the truth. They actually care how their employees experience the brand. They care and want to know about how their customers experience the brand. They want to take all those insights and the competitive analysis and uh, get in a room and do workshops around where is our brand heading and who do we want to become and making those um, tough and important uh, strategic decisions. And those, those are our best clients. And we're at a point now where um, we just have to turn away companies that aren't willing to do that. And that actually happened about a year and a half ago. We're working on a really large deal with a, a really big company. And just the leadership did not see the value in doing any sort of research. And we pushed back and um, said that we won't do the project, essentially, that we won't do the project unless you do the research. And, uh, and we wound up losing the deal. And it was, a, it was about a quarter million dollar deal. So it wasn't... <laughs> not, not the easiest one to lose. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the easiest one to lose. And what's, what's really interesting is that, uh, what was that, about a year and a half, maybe even two years ago, that they they still haven't launched any sort of new brand. Last time I checked in with them, they said that they just got stuck in the in the strategy and the messaging, and um, they couldn't make decisions because they didn't do research. So there's a company that wound up going with another agency, invested a lot of money, and have nothing to show for it. It's unfortunate when circumstances like that happen. And I know you guys specialize in healthcare branding. Any brands in particular that you would absolutely love to work with, maybe outside of healthcare? It's a great question. <clears throat> so we're doing a project right now for a, a couple projects that we've done recently that are really exciting. We launched a new brand for an outdoor adventure company. They do mountaineering and backcountry um, skiing adventures up in the Pacific Northwest. Their name is um, Baker Mountain Guides. And we launched that project a couple months ago, and that was uh, quite a bit of a departure from all the corporate and healthcare and technology um, rebranding that we've done. Typically, those types of companies can't afford to work with us, um, but this was just an opportunity where the stars aligned, and we made it happen. And it, I mean, it was just really exciting. It's it's. Um, you know their brand and the services that they offer are aligned with what our team is into, what I'm into. Um, so that project was really fun. It was a lot more creative. We're working with a um, media company out of New York City right now, and we're actually in the process of doing research 
it's a really fun, young, uh, hip culture. So that's, you know, it's, it's a fairly, uh, uh, large independent media company. So, um, that's fun. So it's, it's just exploring different opportunities, whether that's in the action sports, there's a lot of opportunities in San Diego with surf brands, um, for example, or any of the, um, like North face or Patagonia, those would be, um, iconic brands to, to be able to work with that need help. And, um, also media companies, other agencies, just trying to think outside of the box as far as what types of companies would be a good fit for us. And I think those right now are what we like about healthcare so much, other than that there's a lot of opportunity in there. And um, one of the things that we like about it is it's a very challenging market and it's an industry that's been completely flipped upside down. We're talking about a once in a generation um, opportunity. It's there's not going to uh, for an industry as large as healthcare, or you know maybe a decade ago as automotive. Um, these are the behemoth industries within our economy. There's not that many times within your own lifetime that an industry is going to go through such a shift that healthcare is going through right now. So there's a ton of opportunity. That's an industry that didn't even, these are companies that didn't even recognize that they had a brand or that it mattered or that they should do marketing. And within, I mean, it's been a gradual shift, but just over the past five years, even five to 10 years, these are companies now that marketing and branding is at the, uh, you know, one of the, the top uh, strategic items that they need to start addressing. Because patients have a choice now. They have access to information, technology, and you need, to, you need to tell stories to them. You need to attract them, engage them, help them along the patient journey. You need to entertain them at times. Um, so there's just so much opportunity to help those brands reposition. But there's um, the downside of the healthcare industry and, and, and life sciences and, and some technology is that it's much more conservative. And you can't take as big of a risk with a healthcare brand as you could a media company or an outdoor adventure company. No, I got you. And across all industries, any brands really pop up that you say, wow, they are crushing it right now from a brand storytelling perspective? That's a good question. So um, I think in the, in the technology space, HP has always had um, a really strong brand and they've done really strong storytelling. I've seen advertisements that they've done for, you know, they, one of their division sells, you know, electric turbines. Um, and they had an advertising campaign about, uh, I'm just paraphrasing here. I don't remember all the details. It's we been, won't hold you to it. Yeah, it's been years. But essentially, as I remember it, um, a Midwest town that's been devastated by a tornado. And, you know, here comes this uh, turbine you know, GE turbine that powers up the city. And, you know, they're, it's the hero's journey and, you know, they're turning this <laughs> turbine into this brand archetype and it's, that saves the day and just really powerful storytelling. So I think that within the outdoor adventures, um, North face has always told really powerful brand stories. Um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely, I could think, um, 
<laughs> think of some more, but yeah, no, I'll, no, not to throw you on the spot there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious, take me back to the day that you guys find out you're labeled as the number one branding expert to look for in 2017 by Inc. What's that like when you hear that news? So <laughs> that's a good question for me. It doesn't, honestly, it, it doesn't, this is something that I struggle with is that by the time that we win a deal or that we win an award or there's some sort of recognition like that by Inc. Magazine, by the time it happens, I've already moved on to the next you know, thing I'm trying to accomplish. So I, don't, I really struggle taking time to just let that soak in and um, to celebrate the wins. No, and I love that a, mindset. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious then, like, what are your next goals? What are your next objectives, both for yourself personally and then Ignite as a brand? Yeah, that's a great question. So as far as Ignite as a brand, um, we're just, we're beginning another growth phase, um, just have a ton of opportunities coming across our plate. Um, so it's, it, it allows us to, um, allows me to invest, um, into infrastructure and into the team. So we're doing hiring right now and I'm really I'm becoming less and less interested in actually doing the branding work. And I still oversee all the uh, client strategy and high-level creative direction. I've never, ever since starting Ignite, other than that first project where I was interviewing um, you know, yoga practitioners in a, in a coffee shop, I don't do any of the work. I don't do the copywriting or the design. The the actual work that I'm doing would be the strategy and overseeing these projects and giving high level creative direction. So I'm not in the weeds with any of the projects. I never have been, but I still um, have a high impact, high high value role in the projects. I'm trying to now um, build a level of management. So director of strategy, creative director. Uh, right now, we're actively hiring a new project manager and oper- project and operations manager. So, creating that next layer above this amazing team that I have of copywriters, designers, developers, photographers, um, building a layer that separates um, me from them. So, I, I don't need to be involved in the day to day client strategy or account management. And that's really the next. Um, the next uh, chapter. How long does that take to execute where you almost phase yourself out of the business entirely? Yeah. And you know that I would like to be in that place. And I know this is a broad range, but just it's uncertain is in the next five to 10 years uh, to where I'm, you know, my, my exit strategy with ignite is to, um, you know, hire a president to run the day-to-day operations of the company. And maybe I stay on as chairman or CEO. I could, you know, my interest is, um, you know, leading the strategy for the company, um, you know, eventually having really no, um, very limited to no um, role in any of the client work. And uh, just really, yeah, lead, leading the strategy and having that, um, you know, person that does all the execution. I can work on product development. You know, how do we productize some of our services? Um, coming up with new services, going into new markets, um, 
you know, maybe playing a role in business development and strategic partnerships. I just don't want to be involved in the day to day. And if I could spend, I don't know the exact percentage, but 50% of my time, um, at Ignite or less. And then that would free up time to get involved in other ventures, to start other ventures, more investing, advising, things like that. So what are some of those, uh, other ventures and investing that really gets you going right now? Yeah. So what's, what's interesting is that I've realized I don't have millions of dollars of cash laying around, unfortunately. Um, like some people that I know. Uh, so I can't invest like that. But what I've found is that um, I have some amazing clients that are, um, especially some startups that come to us that we work with, we might name their company or, you know, working with startups, the engagements are smaller because they have smaller budgets, but we might do naming and identity or create a single page site for them or some messaging. And there's been a couple of clients where I really believe in what they're building and they have a proven track record of being an entrepreneur and scaling and selling companies. And those are opportunities where I might say, um, Hey, this is a $60,000 project. Um, you know, let's put 20, I'll charge you 40,000 and let's exchange 20,000 for equity or, or some percentage of that, whether it's a third, a half, or I've even experimented with um, going all in. And so those are exciting opportunities because if I just put in, let's say, 20-30% of the entire project fees into equity into the company, um, you know, it allows me to make a couple bets with the profit from the project. So when, you know, um, a big percentage of those bets won't pay off and at least it's not a total loss. Um, so it's, it's just finding interesting ways to leverage an agency to invest into other companies. No, I love that approach. I'm really interested in. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exciting. That's got to get you going. I mean, it's cool. Probably the deal flow you're seeing come out of that as well. So that's, that's a fun one to hear about. So I'm, I'm curious. So is that what you're most passionate about in your life right now? Are there other things you're still trying to go after? Professionally, personally, both. I mean, it seems like you have a much better grasp on both um, professional and then personal, where earlier in your career, you mentioned you kind of got out of your authentic self and you weren't being yeah. true to yourself, where now it seems like you've aligned everything. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's in a, I don't, I don't believe in perfect alignment. There's always, since it's dynamic, so it's just like trying to find the truth. You, you never find the a hundred percent of the <laughs> of the complete truth. It's it's relative. It's subjective. But it's just about getting as close to it as you can. And so, same goes with alignment. Is that I am more aligned now than I ever have been. But that doesn't mean that I'm perfectly aligned. And whether that's uh, making tough decisions in my personal life, you know, certain relationships, or what do I want to do with my spare time? How much spare time? Like I have not been traveling enough. I have not been taking enough time and I'm feeling a little burned out right now. <laughs> so there's something that's misaligned there because spending time in nature is of high value to me. I actually had to um, cancel a trip a month ago to climb Mount Rainier, a technical um, ice route on, on Mount Rainier. And I had to back out of the trip last minute because we just won two massive deals. And I, <laughs> I had to, 
you know, I mean, I, I just, I had to, it just was horrible timing and I, I probably could have made it work. It, it just was too risky. So, um, there's a little bit of an imbalance there and, and then it's about figuring out what that is and, um, getting into alignment. So, oh, and then with my business, it's the same thing. It's just constantly checking in with, um, is this the right deal for us? Should we go after it? Why am I going after it? Is it for the right reasons? And so every day, who should I hire next? Um, every day I am really tested, uh, with making sure that, you know, authenticity, it's, it's all about figuring out who you are, whether that's as a person or as a brand, and then having the courage to live by it. So <laughs> I'm always having to check in and it's hard. It's like once you figure out who you are, which most people never do, or most brands never do, um, in a way, that's the easy part. <laughs> it just takes a lot of introspection, asking the right questions. The hard part is living by it and having the courage to end relationships, to say no to certain business opportunities because it's not right for you. No, I mean, this is awesome how, how much truth you're speaking, how honest you're being, because I think so many people on the outside could see all the success you've had and are currently still having and think that everything's perfect, where it, it, that's never the case, but you try to work within the confines you're in, and how can you deal with it the most? I mean, you mentioned travel. If you could go on any trip in the world right now, where would it be? Well, it's going to be in the context of mountaineering. I'd, one of my goals is to climb um, Denali in Alaska. So I'd like to be out there. Did you put a timeline on that goal? <laughs> I have not yet. Rainier was actually supposed to. I did Mount Baker up in Washington um, two years ago. It was supposed to be Rainier this year. And then that was, that was going to be it. It's one of those goals you're dealing with um, extreme uh, conditions, high altitude. It's not for everyone. So Rainier was actually a stepping stone for me to check in and make sure that that was still the path that I wanted to go on. Oh, I got but. you. Exciting. <laughs> well, hopefully you can make that trip happen here in the near future. And then hopefully it's yeah. on to the Nolly from there. Yep. So, um, but yeah, you know, as far as, you know, balance, I, I was able to, uh, I, I went snowboarding 36 days last season over last winter. So that was me being authentic, <laughs> you know, living that, you know, authentic self where I was, um, able to manage growing a company and taking these trips. And I have a season's pass to, um, snowbird out in Utah and I'd fly out there for a weekend. I'd go on trips with friends. Um, you know, it j it's just finding ways to, to sneak that in and, and to live that life. And, that, that was a period coming into this spring, I was, I was at an optimal state um, where I was working harder than I ever have, playing harder than I ever have, just feeling great about life and um, just really just sometimes just laughing with excitement and almost pinching myself. You know, am I living this life? Am I really going on my 36th day of snowboarding <laughs> and my company is growing? Um, and then feeling proud too, that I could do that, that I made those tough, um, choices that, you know, when I moved back in with my parents, I was in debt, probably 30, $40,000 and nothing that I was worried about. Cause I, you know, I knew no, that 
you know, I'd figure that out, not a problem, but I was in debt. I was living with my parents and I built this business to where it's at today with no outside capital and being my first business, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, so, uh, you know, a few years later, here I am on my 36th day of snowboarding. I've got my team back in San Diego and they're doing amazing work and we're growing and it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, one of those moments where I was, you know, actually able to take a step back and reflect and, you know, feel proud and accomplished, which is, is those are emotions I don't grant myself very often. So, man, that's, that's incredible. Just being able to, this talk, this 45 minutes we've spent together, hearing your journey, what you've been able to accomplish, the challenges you faced, and then what you're doing today to live a happier, better life. If you could have my listeners implement one thing into their lives, what would it be? When, when the timing is right to, to do that hard reset, to really have that brutally honest conversation with yourself, checking in and, um, you know, things are right. Whether, whether you're working for someone else and you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur or if you're an entrepreneur and your company just is not working and maybe it's time to, you know, move on to the next one, whatever it might be, to uh, really check in. And if it's time for that hard reset, um, to have the courage to do it and to do it right, to fully commit. You know, Don't do the reset and then jump back into starting your next business uh, two weeks later. Um, you really need to pause, create that space, and then reflect in order to see the next opportunity. Wow. Well, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners who are really looking into that, seeing if they have the courage to fully commit. Brian, I'm sure my listeners got a ton out of this. Where can they stay up to date on all things you're working on? Sure. Great question. Um, check out our company website. Um, you could put a link. It's ignitebrands.com. That's I-G-N-Y-T-E brands.com. You could put a link to all of these um, in the show notes on my personal website, brianlisher.com. You have the correct spelling in, in the show notes. Um, Twitter, same handle at Brian Lisher. Um, those, those are three great places to start. Awesome. We'll get all that linked up in the show notes, but Brian, thanks so much for joining us on what got you there. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. And, uh, looking forward to having another conversation. Yeah. Thank you. What got you there with Sean Delaney? Uh, what got you there with Sean Delaney? What got you there with Sean Delaney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.